Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million-dollar pipeline together. Text the word MONEY to 844-949-1984. That's the word MONEY to 844-949-1984 to begin your million-dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Welcome back, Brad, to this episode of Blue Collar BS. How are you doing today? I am wonderful, Mr. Stephen Doyle. It is a great day in the neighborhood. You know, it's a little hot, little muggy, and you know, who wouldn't? what wouldn't it be without a day of uh, internet outages and fun stuff right before the show? Fun times um, had. Yes, yes, that is always a fun time to deal with uh, your lovely internet provider and all the randomness. You know, if, you were a millennial, if you were a millennial, you would have figured this out a lot sooner, you know? Yeah, but I'm not, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you know, we figured it out. We're here today. So what's on the agenda for today, Brad? Our agenda today is we have a great guest, Corey Barrier. I had the pleasure of meeting him through LinkedIn, some great conversations. He invited me on his show last earlier this week. The guy is all about making sure trades can do the right things and survive and moving forward. And we are excited to have him here today. He is uh, the founder of the tradeschools.com and loves working with plumbers, apparently. So let's hear more about that. Welcome, awesome. Corey. Welcome, Corey. Thank you. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm excited to be here. And I think, so if you're the millennial, you should be in charge of like <laughs> the recording stuff, right? Because like we talked about this before and he was like, well, <laughs> the millennial should be taking care of the recording stuff, right? He was like, mm, no, I think that's the right way around, right? Technology. I mean, if I was a millennial, if I was a millennial, then, you know, we could see that. <laughs> you are. Come on. You know you are, Steve. No, no, at we're heart. not. We're not. We're not. <laughs> not even at heart. A boomer at heart. Whatever. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Whatever. <laughs> so, so, Corey, obviously you work a lot with plumbers, and you see a lot in the sales side is where more of your focus is. So tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in you that You missed area. the first fucking question. I did. Damn it. I always forget this first question. Jesus Christ. But it's been a while. <laughs> All right, Corey, first question, number one, rewind. Obviously, we like to label me as the millennial. So, Corey, where do you self-identify with in terms of the the Gen Z, Gen X, millennial, and boomers category? I want, I want to say I want to say something so bad, but I don't know if do I it, should it. Do it. Do it. I'm not. That's not a, <laughs> that's a different topic. <laughs> Totally different. Wrong show. <laughs> Wrong show. Yeah, dude, I'm just messing with you. So, uh, Gen X, that, that is where I fall. Which, here's what's interesting about where I fall. And you guys, will, you'll, you'll understand this because you deal with people like me all the time. I fall in that category where they didn't really teach. I, I, didn't, I didn't learn shit about computers, right? I didn't learn anything about computers. But we got grouped into the computer people. 
right? Like I was just in a really weird time where it was the transition that everybody was making, and I I was in the middle of it. So it was just. I think that's probably the worst <laughs> thing about being the Jet X, in my opinion. It's the fun time. It's yeah. not referred to it. It's the fun. It's the time where you get to learn. You get to experience things that you know you can mess up. You can fuck up. It doesn't matter. People don't know any better. They're just like, ah, oh, you'll figure it out tomorrow. It's okay. It's like one of the weird and probably the greatest times where people just had that unnerving, like just saying, it's okay to mess up, and it was okay to learn because that doesn't happen today. It's just grounded pound day in day out so i i still view that as you know a major win a major um time frame for us as those gen xers that are lumped into that category it's like you had time to figure it out and it was okay yeah and you were expected to make mistakes i mean gosh it seems like now you're almost expected to not make any mistakes it feels like or no be right no right or you're ostracized right yeah yeah you can't say the wrong thing you can't say the wrong thing you can't do the wrong thing Heck, you probably can't spit in your own grass in your backyard anymore. You know, your neighbors with their drones are sitting there watching you half the time. So it's like, (laughs) I don't want to know who your neighbors are, Steve. (laughs) That's why I live in the woods. It's good. Well, so I I have a question for you guys. You have to overcome this all the time because you're dealing with very different generations. In fact, like a couple of generations away from one another lots of times. And we all know this construction industry, you do, you know, people cuss. That's why I love being working with trades people because I can just be me and say whatever the right. hell. I want. Yep. And so, but, <laughs> but that's a different conversation when you're talking about maybe a 55 or 60 year old guy that's been in this, you know, in construction for 25 years. He's going to talk like he's been in construction for 25 years. Well, you bring a guy in fresh off the truck, his feelings are probably going to be hurt. Uh, all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But like my question is, do, 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 you know, in in that world, do, do lawsuits apply in that situation? Because I would think that'd be a, I don't know. I mean, how, how do you deal with that? So we've seen it, at least with my clients, we've seen it quite a bit where you've got your experienced people that are coming in, they come into the office talking like they're on the job site, and then they turn around and they recognize, hey, all the people in the office and nobody talks that way. And so there's a lot of grievances that are that come up, a lot of HR conversations that come up, and it's just like you you cannot be saying these things. And everybody, it's it's a very different time, especially now, even 20 years ago, where that was tolerated, and I wouldn't say accepted, but it was tolerated. Nowadays, is it tolerated? No, not at all. And it's like walking on pins and needles for those that have more experience. They it's just part of who they are walking into that office environment or even walking into a job site with younger generations on it where they're like, you're an asshole for talking that way. You're like, right. yeah, there's no acceptance for that anymore or tolerance, if you will. And so there's a lot of change on the older Gen X boomer side. On hey, those, hey, on those hey careful. Yeah, that's you, buddy. That's you. That's you. <laughs> Versus those that are in the Gen Z, like me and my brother having conversations. He's full flat out Gen Z, 17 years younger than I am. And the way we both talk, the way we both handle ourselves, there is a huge, like, while we're brothers, there's a tolerance, like, eh, like, uh, you really can't say stuff like that. And you're like, why not, dude? It's you're my brother. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's, it's very interesting now with the wide gap that we have in the construction trades with 
those that are extremely experienced with 25, 30 years of experience versus those walking in fresh out of school, um, fresh out of high school, if you will, walking onto the job site for the first time. And they're just like blown away by, dude, they talk this way. That's not how we. No, no. They're blown away by they talk. (laughs) Right. Right. What what, what comes out of the mouth is secondary because it's not attached to a phone. It's not attached to a text. (laughs) Not attached to an email. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a face-to-face conversation, which makes it even more difficult to absorb and have the um, willingness to be able to have that conversation, even though it's not personal. Sometimes it is. Let's let's we've all seen the guy that decides to make it personal instead of about the task or the job. But um, yeah. Yeah, that face-to-face conversation makes it even more challenging for a multi-generational workforce in the construction field. I I think that, you know, I think that a lot of millennials just would rather not have the conversation than even have the confrontation. I would agree. That is are, are you seeing valid. are you seeing that with a lot of your you know, the guy that worked for the large corporation that went on on his own and, and right, he's in that 30 something category and great at doing his task and his chore and his craft, not the best manager, not the best leader, not the best communicator. Are you seeing that within your client base at all? Yes. And yeah. How do you, how do you address those issues with, with your clients? You know, it's obviously case by case, but it, here's where I do, where I think a lot of my, my superpower comes in is I'm, I'm able to help the business owner see it from, let's just call it the tech standpoint and the tech seeing it from the, from the business owner standpoint, wherever that individual that you're talking about falls yep. in between that is, you know, and I have to gauge that because lots of times that guy is the, the right-hand man. And so, you know, that, that's a tough conversation, but we got to have it most of the time because that guy is usually taking advantage of the owner in some shape, form, or fashion. You know, whether they even realize it or not is a different story because maybe they don't realize that they're just running around putting out fires all day with useless shit that they don't really need to be doing. Right. <laughs> and burning up $150,000 a year with the company's salary. Right. Money. And that it drives me insane. And so I whenever I come across that, I just make sure I find out I, I just get them to tell me what they do all day. And it's a real quick, it's usually a pretty quick answer because. They can't tell you. I'm busy. Like, I'm busy all day. What do you mean? You don't see me running around, right? I'm crazy busy all day. And, and yeah, you are, but you're not doing anything. Like, you're just answering stupid questions. I had one guy. He made his text call every single time they needed a price change. And I'm like, for a 10% discount, like, you're going to give it to him anyway. Who gives a shit? Like, if it's the process that you're doing in front of the customer, okay. Get somebody else to answer the phone. You don't need to answer it. You're the manager. Don't you don't need to give him a price override every like it is ridiculous. Yeah, I could go on for days about the silly shit they would have. <laughs> Are you seeing any any because you're down in the Carolinas, correct? Mm-hmm. Are you seeing any traction or any opportunities at least on your side of the plant of of the the country here or anywhere else with your clients where there are some younger kids trying to get into some of into plumbing and electrical are you seeing any any momentum i'm not seeing as much as i would like that's for sure it's it's very very small amount and i don't i don't know you know i i don't know how much over the last two years has had to to do with it before 20 before all this crazy mess hit that was right before i got into really working with 
uh, that plumbing companies period was in 2019. Okay. And so I, I don't know. I don't have a good. I don't have a good measuring stick. My measuring stick is off, if that makes sense. Because my measuring stick is like over the last two and a half years, and that's hard to say. You know, it's hard to gauge if that's a if it's a normal trend or not. There's no way it's normal. Okay. I was curious if you saw if you had any um, great things going on where there's tens of students leaving high school to enter the apprentice programs or, or things like that. Not that there's hundreds, but, you know, tens and twenties of students that you, or places you knew of. Not, not necessarily, but I tell you what I think would be cool is I think it'd be cool if there was more private entities that offered reasonable schooling for people in the, for folks in the trades. And I think they'd get better results that way because a lot of these guys probably don't want to go to the community college because they probably do want a little bit of that college experience because most everybody that goes to high school does want that experience to a degree or some portion of it. Right. And so if they could give them that, there would be an attractive way to bring people in, I think. And then being able to place them in jobs, I think, is, I mean, which is, you know, kind of I'm assuming that's what happens now. Uh, in in the community colleges to a degree, I think if it was private, it would make a bigger difference. And I think there would be a bigger impact. And I think you'd churn out better people. Well, yeah, because I think you'd end up with more, instead of it being education-based, it would be experience-based more so. I know at our, at our high school, we redid our, our tech ed area six years ago or five years ago or so. Um, new gear, new equipment, some Haas CNCs, all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, we had two young, younger teachers that were in there and we got the community together to say, okay, what should this curriculum look like so we can make it happen? And the teachers um, who were the shop kids who went to college to go become a teacher, not really having a lot of life experience are now the ones teaching these classes. So they're teaching to teach versus teaching to train. And it's just a very different scenario. Some of the community members were not very happy about it because we're not getting the experience, the, the wisdom, the, the practical knowledge. You know, we've, we talk a lot about in the show about how we've all grown up differently, bringing some of that common common sense expectation to it versus just teaching you how to do something because it satisfies a curriculum for the education system. Yeah. Well, we're kinesthetic people. I mean, most people, I don't know about most, most people in trades, I would argue are kinesthetic people. So kinesthetic for those of you that don't, that don't know what that means. It just means that we like to, I'm kinesthetic. So I like to hear, see it, feel it, uh, everything, right? I want to get the full experience and, I think that anybody with common sense would argue that that only makes sense for anybody in the trades to, to be working with their hands while they're in school. That makes zero sense that they're not doing that. I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, no, we're, we're in violent agreement, Corey. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about y'all. I, 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 there's no way you could teach me how to do anything these guys do in a classroom. Personally, that wouldn't work for me. Yep, don't disagree. Yeah, one of the things we're seeing here in Michigan is uh, just that where the corporations or the, uh, let's say it's a plumbing company, I know several of them have, rather than relying on the community colleges or the high schools, they have their own trade schools now where the they'll pay you a salary. It's not like full-blown salary, um, but it is a salary to get started so that you know within six months you are up to speed and then you're still an apprentice for two to three years working under a master plumber until you can learn the skills 
that are necessary to become that that new master plumber that they're trying to groom you for. And they have like a retention period, like like you're there for so many years, you get bonuses every few months as you move along. So you're earning an, a larger salary than you would if you just tried to go do this on your own or tried to do this, go to a college, go to the tech trade school, things like that, have a little bit of debt. Nope, they're wiping all that out. No, you're going to earn a salary. You're going to spend so much time here and then you're going to go out in the field and you're going to work with our master plumbers. So that's how some of the companies here have, here in Michigan, have dealt with that, I would say that that labor gap, if you will. But the big funnel is, is getting the students, getting people in interested right. in, in. I think so. I think offering to pay for their, you know, that's a good deal for everybody, right? It's a good deal for the student. Yeah. It's a good deal for the company that's offering the trade school. That's killer. Like, I think that's a smart move all around. And I mean, the way you just pitched it to me, no debt, right? You're going to make money. Mm -hmm. You can move out of your parents' house, potentially. I don't know how much money we're talking about, but that's, <laughs> I mean, that's the person that we're talking to, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the person yeah. we want to grab because um, they're... So, so as you're dealing with your, your, your trade school group and um, you know, your, your client base, what is the most common leadership problem or concern that comes up that you have to address, particularly as it pertains to that multi-generational facet? A lot of times, let's just take a Gen X owner, okay? He's going to want to hang out with the guys and do, and do business during the day. Not all of them, but lots of times they want it to be, and we'll just call it that family environment. Well, it's one thing to have a family environment to go to the bar, that's not really a family time kind of thing. You can call it whatever you want, but that's not really what it is. If you're talking about spending time with like your 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 family that you work with, then why you should have something on a Sunday and have all of their family members come, right? That and so the point is is lots of times these guys don't really think about it from that aspect. And maybe it's I don't know why. Maybe it's because they don't well actually most most everybody, if not everybody I've worked with has families. So you would think that would be their first thought. And some people, it is their first thought. Now, the second thing I'll say is if the leader is not doing what he says he's going to do, whatever that is, that's a big problem. And that's a that's large shoes to fill. So you've got to make sure as the leader that you don't say yes to a bunch of shit that you can't do. Because then you set yourself up to look like, you know, a jackass. When all you were trying to do is please everybody, but all you really did was now you're the now you're the idiot. And now they, nobody wants to listen to you because you didn't keep your word, right? I was just talking to a guy earlier, and he was telling me that these guys offer. And I, I've experienced the exact same thing. People, these, they'll offer a bonus. They'll say, hey, you're going to get X by the end of the month if you do Y. And then, then nothing ever happened. And I'm like, it's weird to me. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> it, 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 it's mind boggling because all it does is create the opportunity for your guys to be poached by the next guy that's going to um, do yeah. things. And, and then we get into this rat race of reputation and you know but the industry gets a bad rap because now the employees are pissed off and they're talking about that to their friends who aren't in the trades or aren't in the industry 
And all they think is, oh, all these construction guys are just pirates, right? Yeah. They're all grab and, grow, grab and go, and they're all just trying to take advantage of everybody else. And it's like, well, no, that's not true, but I understand where you're coming from. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so do you ever do you, have, do you experience because I mean it's pretty common for us to hear I can't find good people right we hear that stop. all the time stop that stop <laughs> those are those are banned words man come on I can't find good people those are bad words it's, it is bad words because that that is it's an untrue statement right it is an right. untrue statement um so it's going to sound like a ridiculously crazy question. But I promise this happened in one of the businesses that I work. This guy would hire back people that he fired. And I'm like, yeah, yeah like yeah. sometimes yeah. twice. Wow. Yep. And I'm yep. like, I, help me understand the thought pattern behind it. Because they did that. I, I don't even know what to say to that. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Because I have clients that are like that. And after they'll fire somebody, two years later, they'll try to bring them back. And they're like, oh, what about so and so? You know, they did great on this type of job. And we're like, um, let's let's evaluate why we are actually trying to hire a person right now. A person. Because there's a gap. This is the gap we need to fill. All your mind is doing is, hey, this guy should be available. I fired him two, three years ago. He was okay, but didn't do the job all the time that I needed. So, yeah, we should hire him. And everybody's like, you want to hire someone that wasn't doing the job that you had problems with to then bring them back into a new situation to have the same problem again. No, no, but he's got experience or she has experience, so it should be fine. It's all good. Should we got to find somebody with experience, so <laughs> therefore. They've changed, I'm sure. Isn't that right. The, it can't, it couldn't be yeah, us. It must years, be them. They've it changed. It had to have learned. Like, right. It's crazy to me. Uh, like, it's much, Do you all yeah. see that? No, I mean, how do you handle it? Like. Do you, I guess yeah. by now you just roll your eyes and move on. Uh, I'll ask the question to them. Say, look, you're going to spend three to fifteen thousand dollars on bringing this person back over the next, you know, three to four months or whatever that number is. Is it going to be worth it to get the jobs done that you need to get done to bring them back, or are they going to be worth just sucking it up, not having all the drama, put on your big boy pants, and just go to work? Yeah, or maybe don't book another job if you're busy. Novel concept. I mean, it's you know, it's it's no, an option. You just, say, you just say yes until you can't do anymore, right? Well, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's fascinating to me. And you know, I I sat with a guy. You know, most honestly, most of the people I work with are not even in North Carolina. They're in somewhere else. Gotcha. Um, and you know, I sat with a guy in a truck. Well, I was on Zoom and I was in the truck with these two guys. And this employee just straight up said, Look, like I don't have time to sit here and talk to you about why you want to fire me. Like, I got shit to do. I gotta go. And then that dude ain't back working at that company as we speak. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, dude. Okay. That's not uh, no, there and a lot of times the employee the employer doesn't feel empowered to go try something different, which is why we try to talk through this show about making sure you have the ability to build your business with zero experience in some way, shape or form, or at least modest experience at best, right? How do you build from somebody coming in to know nothing to get them up to speed? So you're not held hostage by those employees that you fired or you're in a small community and they just make the rounds um, from job from company to company, to company, to company, and just happens to be who's who's up next, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and what do you 
think that you know what are the other people in the company saying when they see you make as the leader see you making such a bonehead decision my comp my 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 guess is they're not thinking you're pretty you're very competent yep and you think they're going to work very hard for that and not very confident per or conf, competent person i don't think so no it's a, it's a it's a losing proposition it is so corey one of the things that i'm always curious about especially with those that are in other regions right at the Midwest, especially with uh, the generations, is what are some of the things specifically that you're seeing your clients um, doing well with the different with the younger generations? Well, honestly, they're bringing me in to spend more time with them, and I, I and here's the thing: like I, one of the things I wish I would have thought about this earlier, but now I've thought about it. So one of the things that I am seeing now that I think about it, these younger guys, they actually want to do this, right? They, they're in the trades because they want to be there. It's not, it's not a job. It's not just a job. These, like there was one kid, I, I, I'll never forget this guy. Like he would listen to everything that I told him to listen to. He went and bought a bunch of sales stuff, uh, you know, to learn on his own and like, that's really refreshing because most most guys that age are not willing to even put forth any effort, much less of that much effort. And so what I'm seeing is that if some of the some of the companies that I've worked with, they do invest in their employees over and above what everybody else is doing. And that's what you've got to do. And I don't just mean by the amount of money you pay them. That's that's dollars and cents. That's fine. But what people really are wanting is is a connection. They're wanting you know, to a degree, a community. Now, there's a difference between that family and, and, and work, but there, but you can mix the two and it could be really beneficial for the whole group if you do it the right way. And that's one of the things that I think is really great. And and particularly the Gen Z kids, they're going to be very loyal. They're going to stick around if you give them a reason to stick around. They want the financial security. That doesn't mean they want to have, you know, gazillions of dollars, but they want to have at least the the stability to know that, hey, this is what's going on. Once they finally realize that the trades are an opportunity, my wild ass belief is that you will start to see some downward pressure on wages because they're willing to take the security for the right company that's going to give them a longer term play than the guy that's going to jump out, offer you the moon, and you don't know if he's going to be around tomorrow. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and there, we're in a time right now where I think people are are really, they're yearning for a couple of different things. The truth, honesty, authenticity, and, and some security because we live in some pretty uncertain times right now. So, Corey, if people want to get a hold of you or they want to join your trade schools, um, how, how do people find you? What do they, where do they catch you? Where do we, how do we get a hold of you? Sure. So you can find me pretty much at Corey Barrier. Um, it'll be uh, obviously in the show notes. You'll, you'll have to spell it. <laughs> everybody spells it with an A, but it's spelled with an E. Um, and then the tradeschools.com. So it's just the tradeschools.com. And you can come and check that out. We do a month, a group inside of there. It's a monthly group. Um, we meet once a week. We go through, we go through all the four pillars, um, and it's the same four four pillars that everybody else goes through: it's family, business, family, uh, uh, production, and power. And so, essentially, all of those encompass, like we call it, you know, the balance. There's not really a ton of balance in life, but the balance that I'm talking about is making an effort to have a balance, making an effort to be at home when you can be home, making an effort not to work 150 hours a week. 
make it an effort to make better choices so you don't regret it, you know, when you're older. Right. Nope. That that is awesome. Um, we thank you very much for dealing with our technical issues this week as we go through the recording. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was awesome to have you on. And I look forward to staying connected with you moving forward and see how there's an opportunity to collaborate even more. Absolutely. Last thing, you can, they can go purchase my book, Nine Simple Steps to Sell More Shit on Amazon. Almost forgot that. Nine Simple Steps to Sell More sell Shit. Sell More Shit. That's it. Liking that. What, I mean, okay. What's your favorite step before we cut out? What is your favorite step of the nine? It's certainly the first one, which is confidence. And in that, that one is super, you know, it's near to me because I've lost that many times and had to regain it, lost it and regain it. And I know how important it is to, to get anywhere in life. So I like that. We have to go buy it. You got an audio book yet or not? Not yet. Hardcover's coming out hopefully in the next two weeks, but you can go on Amazon and download it, I believe, on free on for Kindle, and then or you can buy it for six dollars and ninety nine cents. Cool. Then you can buy me a beer. There you go. <laughs> Great trade. <laughs> I'll take it. All right, man. Thank you very much for being on today, Corey. My pleasure. All right, thank you, Corey. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Hurd. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.